This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks, so up on the screen, for those of you over at pain.tv slash gold, I have the Federal Reserve Conspiracy, and this was a book recommended to us by Wide Awake Jim. This is by Anthony C. Sutton. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y, Anthony C. Sutton. And this book, uh, Jim said, we definitely want to read this, and the audience needs to be introduced to this book because this gets into the history of the Federal Reserve. I've studied the Federal Reserve and the various iterations of the Federal Reserve over the years. I'd like to refresh my research on that, refresh my memory, because the Federal Reserve now starts popping into uh, the history of like eugenics and the history of technocracy. And so I have to look at this uh, through a new lens, through fresh eyes now, like I did with the 2018 and 2020 interviews with Elon Musk by Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience. All right, so I want to look at this stuff again. And I have not read this book, believe it or not. This was written in um, 1995, I believe which happens to be the same year that the paper we're going to review uh, was written in. So uh, Jim said this is a pretty quick read. So what we're going to do, folks, is we are going to go through this together because we're going to see the Federal Reserve weave into you know the the guy um, Frank Vanderlip, this banker who was instrumental in the founding of the Federal Reserve, was tied into the promotion of Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated. So I figured I was going to read this, and there was no point in me reading it and then coming back and analyzing it for you because you're obviously a very well research well study well educated audience that we might as well do this together so we can go over this while you're driving to work or while you're mowing the lawn or whatever we'll go through this and uh, this way we'll become fully educated on the federal reserve as we probably 10 15 20 episodes out as we start to delve back into technocracy in the history and looking at um, the bankers connected to it which all leads us which will lead us right back into what we've been covering with central bank digital currency. So let me just read you this quick uh, bio on the author, Anthony C. Sutton. 
uh, was born in London, England in 1925, spent most of his life in the United States, and has been a citizen for 40 years. Again, this is written in 95. It says, with an academic background in economics and engineering, Sutton has worked in mining, exploration, iron and steel industries before graduate school at UCLA. In the 1960s, he was professor of economics at California State University, Los Angeles, followed by seven years as a research fellow at Stanford University. Stanford is uh, where Peter Thiel, the technocratic transhumanist, hails from. It says, while at the Hoover Institution at Stanford, Sutton wrote the three-volume definitive work on Soviet technology, Western technology, and Soviet economic development, still in print after 25 years. Again, that's back in 95. This was followed by National Suicide, Military Aid to the Soviet Union, that was published by Arlington House, which accused the establishment of killing Americans in Vietnam with our own technology. That should be an interesting read as well. Hoover Institution, under pressure from the White House, arbitrarily converted Sutton to a non-person by removing his fellowship. Intrigued by the powerful forces behind this assault, he then researched and wrote another three volumes on the financial and political support given by Wall Street international bankers to three variants of socialism. These were published as Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, and Wall Street and FDR, all written in the 1970s. You know, this, I may go deeper into this uh, gentleman here. After leaving Stanford, Sutton edited the Phoenix Letter, a monthly newsletter on the abuse of power, still published today, back in 95. And in 1990, started another newsletter, Future Technology Intelligence Report, covering suppressed technology. In philosophy, a strong constitutionalist, the author freely expresses his contempt for Washington usurpation of political power, but always based on the facts. You know, we're going to do some continued research into this gentleman. I, I like this stuff. Uh, just so you know, here, this is a table of contents. So chapter one is going to be about the bank's bank. Chapter 2, Thomas Jefferson and the Money Power. Chapter 3, Andrew Jackson, the last anti-elitist president. Chapter 4, Roosevelt's Socialist Manifesto. And as I've said, I've got Roosevelt tied into technocracy. Uh, Chapter 5, Karl Marx and his manifesto. Chapter 6, Abraham Lincoln, last president to fight the money power. That'll be interesting, folks, because I have uh, mixed feelings on Abraham Lincoln. Obviously, my eyes were opened uh, even greater to the problem after listening to Legal Man of the podcast, The Quash. Chapter 7, The Money Trust Creates the Fed. Chapter 8, The Jekyll Island Conspiracy. Now, Jekyll Island is tied into this guy, Frank Vanderlip, who was introducing Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy, to a bunch of folks. Uh, We covered that here on the Dust and Gold Standard. Chapter 9, The Money Trust Cons Congress. And Chapter 10, The Federal Reserve Today. And let's just look. I, I believe somewhere in here, It says that this book was published in 1995.
five, I believe here. Okay, it doesn't say it here in this version, but I'm pretty sure I looked it up one day when uh, Jim introduced me to it, and it's published in 1995. So we're going to go through this in detail, and I I just wrote down some notes. So I'm going to look into these other books that Anthony C. Sutton wrote because they sound fascinating. I mean, I guess we'll understand uh, at the time if – he was misinfo or disinfo uh, or controlled opposition once we read the book. You know, I, I trust Jim's assessment, but um, I've got to read it for myself and I will read it to you folks. This is what we're going to get into. It sounds fascinating. I almost want to do it right now, but uh, I think we should get into this other paper first, folks. So I have this up on the screen. The name of this is Industrial Society and its future written in 1995 this is a paper it's 34 pages it's not a book Uh, some of you may have heard of it before i'm not going to mention the author's name until we get to the end as i said i started this i believe it was episode 10 while i was over in poland and i was staying at my in-laws and my wife and I were traveling to different places. But back at my in-laws, I had planned to record. This is right when we launched the Dust and Gold Standard in the first, uh, first or second week. And we were doing really well. And I said, oh, this is great. I'll be able to just pop out a couple shows a day, get them uploaded while I'm in Poland, then go on our little trips, come back, talk about the trips. And it turned out I couldn't record in Poland because I was in a garage, really clean, actually, nothing in it. And it was just echoing. And my in-laws live in a very rural place. And the person across the street has like 10 wild dogs on the property and they're barking. And it just, it ended up, I couldn't do it. So I talked to Mike Moore you know, head of uh, pain.tv slash gold, Commander Payne there. And I said, I'm having a terrible time. He said, listen, I told you, enjoy your vacation. Have a good time with your wife. You guys have a baby on the way. And then your life is going to be flipped, turned upside down. And you're not going to be able to do anything. Well, he was wrong about the, the latter part of that because uh, our life has been great since we had the baby. Um, frankly, I'm glad I waited until I was 40. Uh, because uh, if I did it when I was 20, that would have been a major problem. But no, everything has been great, folks. It's been great. So what we're going to do here is we're going to work our way through this paper. And I'm going to have to do some analysis. I'm going to just put some of this stuff into context for you as we go through. Now, what I decided, and I mentioned this in the past, and it is on my list for 2023, is I'm going to be doing premium content. And the decision will be made this week or next week, whether or not that's going to live at pain.tv slash gold, or it's going to be a separate website. That's all up to Commander Payne. But I am going to start to record a number of these books and these papers, white papers, things that are not generally recorded in audiobook form already. And I'm going to record these without any analysis. And those are going to be available in a library available as uh, mp3s you know as in podcast form where you can actually download them too so you can store them on your computer you can burn them to cd you can put them on a flash drive whatever you want and then that way you have them so i'm going to start doing that with a lot of documents and articles 
uh, books, old books and stuff like that, and start to build a library of content. I want it for my son, Willie G, for future homeschool. And I figure, what the hell, I'll give it away to you guys as part of premium for joining pain.tv slash gold or whatever platform I may be doing that on in the future. Uh, but as far as this goes, I'm going to analyze it as we go through. It's a very, very important paper written in 1995. And I'm actually glad I delayed it and waited until episode 125 because there's so much work that we've done here, so much research, so much analysis. We built this foundation of understanding here of technocracy and transhumanism. And now we're going to be able to tie that in to this paper that was written in 1995. Now, I will give you my opinion on the person who wrote this paper. We'll get into sort of the official narrative story about the person who wrote this paper. We're going to cover uh, probably a few episodes on that. And then I'll give you... um, you know, the, the truth about what I believe maybe where the origins of the paper came from, what its purpose may have been. I just want you to think about this before we go to the break, and then we'll come back and start reading from this. The question I have for you is when you're listening to this, think about it. Is the person writing it predicting the future because you'll see here in 1995 they basically predicted what we're going through today are they predicting the future or is this some sort of revelation of method uh predictive programming as dan Golvach talked about was this written maybe under the person who wrote it was just a character to bring this to light Was that person uh, or this paper written to reveal the methods of the madman Frankenstein doctor technocratic transhumanists were fighting today? Were they revealing their methods as part of their spirituality to clear their conscience, to make sure they have a clean karma? Um, and this is why it was written to give us a chance to revolt, or was it really this person in the official narrative story were told that they wrote this because they predicted what was coming and they were warning us, you know, or is this like the Bible where this guy predicts this stuff and now there's actually madmen trying to bring it all to life? You know, I don't know. I really don't. I don't, but we're going to have the conversation at the end when i'm done reviewing this and it's going to take several episodes so when i get back ladies and gentlemen the 1995 paper industrial society and its future my name is dustin gold i'll be right back this is dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. Before we start here, two quick things. So you know I didn't forget. 
Uh, I forgot what episode it was. We left off with Synthesia, and then we got back to Wide Awake Gym. So Synthesia is the company building the artificial intelligence uh, human people puppets, okay, that, that I say could be the type of technology used as the basis for... Uh, sort of an AI personal Jesus Antichrist. And so we got into one of the big investors behind that being Mark Cuban. And then we talked about Ted Schlein, who's behind that, who is on the board of trustees of InQtel, the CIA's venture capital firm. And he also sits on the board of the NSA and Homeland Security. So I did not forget about Synthesia. We were in the middle of reviewing that. I have a few videos I want to show you. We talked about the co-founders of the company, one of them being involved with AI Foundation. That's a company owned by Lars Butler Building Digital Twins. He's partnered with former head of the NSA, Keith Alexander, uh, the the founder of this company, uh, credits his whole career to Peter Thiel and the reading of his book, Zero to One, which he co-wrote with Blake Master. So it's this company riddled in CIA, NSA connections, Peter Thiel connections. So we're going to get back to Synthesia, but I want to save the videos for my conversation with Dan Golbach and with Pastor Pete Schultz. So we are going to save that. And then the second thing is I started Saul Linsky, uh, sort of the father of modern-day community organizing before Christmas. And I saw the numbers going down. They're starting to build back up, generally in the podcast world. And, I, and I'm new to straight podcasts. Like I said, I was in YouTube video podcasting before, live streaming before. So in the Christmas season, New Year's season podcast slip. So I didn't want to start on Alinsky while a lot of people were taking a break from listening, and then they were going to have to play catch-up. So they'll play catch-up with the Wide Awake Gym episodes and we'll get back into Alinsky. So now I'm going to save Alinsky because he's a complicated character until after we do these papers and get all these guests out of the way. And then we'll get back to Saul Alinsky. Also, there's another guest who I've been waiting to have on. You guys know him as JMal on Twitter. He's also on pain.tv slash gold. He's been on the hot wire with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast. And JMal's building out a presentation for, I, I think, a college thesis. And he's working Alinsky, progressivism, and Marxism into that presentation. So just like Wide Awake Jim with all his presentations, JMal wants to come over here and do a presentation on that. And he asked me if I could wait to finish my Alinsky material until after his presentation. So as long as that presentation is coming in the next couple of weeks, I'm fine with that. If it, if it takes longer, I, I've got to move on. I've got to do Alinsky because he ties into stuff that we're going to be reviewing uh, down the road. And I need to show you old school progressivism from Alinsky's eyes and the way he handled community organizing so that you understand how this fits into the technocracy that we're seeing today. So I didn't forget about that stuff. I just moved it to the back burner and we will get back to it, folks. All right. Now for industrial society in its future. And, and the way this is written is it's broken down. Uh, each paragraph or each idea is, is like number one, number two, number three, kind of like the Bible. So this is how we are going to read it and break it down. Remember, I said I started this in episode 10, but I'm actually going to start back at the beginning because I don't expect you to go back and listen to episode 10. It says, number one, and this is the introduction, folks. Number one, the Industrial Revolution, 
and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. They have greatly increased the life expectancy of those of us who live in, quote, advanced, end quote, countries. But they have destabilized society, have made life unfulfilling. They have subjected human beings to indignities, have led to widespread psychological suffering in the third world to physical suffering as well and have inflicted severe damage on the natural world the continued development of technology will worsen the situation it will certainly subject human being to a greater indignities and inflict greater damage on the natural world it will probably lead to greater social disruption and psychological suffering and it may lead to increased physical suffering even in quote advanced end quote countries now as i read this and I don't know where you guys come from, okay, with, with a podcast, audio podcast specifically. I don't have any real-time connection to you folks. When you're doing live streaming on YouTube or even putting videos up on YouTube, you can read the comments and you start to understand who your audience is. I have no clue. Other than for the folks at paint.tv slash Golder who talk to me on Twitter or Telegram, I have no clue who you are. I don't know where you came from. I don't know if you came over from the Thomas Paine podcast. I don't know if you were MAGA, if you used to be MAGA, if you love Trump, if you don't trust Trump. I don't know if you came from the left because you realize the technology is a dangerous society and you stumbled upon my show because there's a lot of natural life folks, hippie types that are interested in this that came from the left. I have no idea where you folks came from, but you have to understand, I traditionally, uh, I came from traditional conservatism. I'm much more nuanced now and I'm post-political. So I am open to different worldviews, uh, different cultures. Uh, I, I believe that government is evil in general, no matter where it is. I don't trust the state. I don't trust corporations. You know, big pharma, big tobacco, big food, big anything is evil to me. Uh, I like small government, if not no government. So th- this is where I'm coming from. So when you're going to read this, you're going to have things that you agree with and things you disagree with. Uh, kind of like if you actually read the Constitution, you'd say, well, I don't agree with that, even though you've been saying a constitution and thumping your chest for years if you actually read it and looked at it through fresh eyes there's probably a lot of stuff you don't agree with so this this person is very nuanced he doesn't fit into a box of left or right or republican or democrat or conservative or liberal so just just stick with me on this because the overall message and a lot of the themes in this are very important and it ties into everything we've been covering here all right number two The industrial technological system may survive or it may break down. If it survives, it may eventually achieve a low level of physical and psychological suffering, but only after passing through a long and very painful period of adjustment and only at the cost of permanently reducing human beings and many other living organisms to engineered products and mere cogs in the social machine. 
Furthermore, if the system survives, the consequences will be inevitable. There is no way of reforming or modifying the system so as to prevent it from depriving people of dignity and autonomy. All right, so you, you see right there, that is so powerful. It's so important, right? This industrial technological system as we would call it, uh, technocracy. And remember, this is written in 1995. So he's talking about technocracy may survive or it may break down. If it survives, you know, it may eventually achieve a low level of physical and psychological suffering, but only after passing through a long and very painful period of adjustment and only at the cost of permanently reducing human beings and many other living organisms to engineered products and mere cogs in the social machine. As Elon Musk has called us, nodes in the system it's like cogs in the social machine right and that humans living organisms were just engineered products that's plants becoming gmo right and when you look at humans you know engineering their dna engineering the human genome right this is this is so powerful written in 1995 here and then it talks about there's no way to actually uh, reform a system like this without uh, you know depriving people of dignity and autonomy right this is taking away jobs using machines and things of that nature we've talked about this stuff this is why it's so important to see that this was written in 1995 folks all right number three if the system breaks down the consequences will still be very painful but the bigger the system grows, the more disastrous the results of its breakdown will be. So if it is to break down, it had best break down sooner rather than later. So it's talking about, again, in 95, but look at today. The system has gotten bigger since 95. Technocracy has grown. It's bigger. Now imagine if the system right, was destroyed today, if it broke down. Let's say all of a sudden the Internet is gone. Uh, people can't access their iPhones, right? You can't access your bank account. You can't access your Visa card. All of these things. So the further we are driven into the world of technocracy, into the hands of technology, when that system breaks down, if it does, if it implodes, if there was some sort of a solar flare that knocked all the satellites out of the sky that connect all of these systems, if the power grid went down, imagine how painful that would be for 99.9% of folks that rely on living within this technocratic system. So it would be very painful, right, for this system to break down. So the author is talking about what will happen if the system remains and continues to grow versus if the system is actually destroyed. And we start over, let's say. Number four, we therefore advocate a revolution against the industrial system. This revolution may or may not make use of violence. It may be sudden or it may be a relatively gradual process spanning a few decades. We can't predict any of that, but we do outline in a very general way the measures that those who hate the industrial system should take in order to prepare the way for a revolution against that form of society. This is not to be a political revolution. Its object will be to overthrow not governments, but the economic and technological basis of the present society. 
Right, and so again, this is written in 95, all right? I'm going to keep saying that. It was 28 years ago. Bring it up to where we are today. The system did not collapse. The economic and technological basis of this system, of this society, has continued to grow. We have gone into further technocracy. I mean, we are a technocracy here. We are maybe a quasi-technocracy you know, with the illusion of a representative government. I'm just talking about the United States here for a minute. All right, so the system has continued to grow. In 95, he was advocating for a revolution, not against the government, but against the very system itself, the industrial system, right, which is, let's call technocracy. Um, But this is why I say today, there may be, let's say, a breakdown, orchestrated or not. So the technocrats could orchestrate a breakdown using inflation, using a collapse of the economy, using a fake war, uh, using some sort of a fake virus or whatever. They can orchestrate a collapse or a real collapse could come. Let's say really there was a solar flare and it knocked all the satellites out of the sky and fried the power grid. So this is why I talk about being prepared, right? First is to educate yourself, which we're doing now. So you can understand what's actually in the works, what could happen, right? So whether the system survives and we end up in full technocracy or the system collapses, either because the elites orchestrate it and want that to happen or because there is some divine intervention like a solar flare that knocks the uh, technological system out of place, you know, how are you prepared? How are you going to insulate yourself and your family from that chaos or from that collapse. And this is why we talk about separating yourself from densely populated areas, figuring out how to make money or make food coupons or barter with people off the grid in an outside of the matrix type of system. You know, if you're serious about insulating yourself from this stuff, Uh, From one, either if the system continues and you want to live one foot outside of the matrix, or two, if the system collapses, either by divine intervention or orchestrated chaos by the technocrats themselves, which the purpose of the orchestration would be to further drive folks into technocracy. So they would make it look like with a cyber attack or something, the technocracy crumbled. And then it comes back, and the solution is more technocracy. We can protect you by getting a brain chip or a chip inside your hand. This is how they will fool people in the problem-reaction-solution loop. So, folks, the problem right now is that I need to take a short break, all right? The reaction from you is, oh, no, not another commercial break. And the solution is, don't worry, folks, hang with me, because I will be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 